and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Laura Shuk guzman Hey, Laura. Hello. Ah, so How are you good. Doing? Oh, I'm well, and I'm excited to talk with you again. Always my I favorite. Mm-hmm. I know, me too. I love it. We're so lucky. <laughs> and um, today we're going to talk about a topic that I do rant about a little bit. And I think a lot of other people rant about as well. <laughs> but what we want to talk about is that, you know, I am very much an advocate for authenticity and being authentic. And I still use the word and I'm always going to use the word because it's real for me. But I do think we have to start to talk about the misuse of authenticity in business, how people people are misusing it in marketing, how they're misusing it to justify sort of like an uh, an ex- excessive vulnerability maybe, or different patterns or for selling. So we thought it would just be really good to kind of dive into a discussion on the misuse of authenticity. What do you yeah. think, Laura? Yes, I am looking forward to this. And I I have warned Sonia that I might vent or go on a rant, so I will try to like bring that in. Just because I'm like, but I think that we're all somewhat a little frustrated that something that started off feeling really good for a lot of us as women entrepreneurs, finding our voice through our business felt like fresh air, right? A breath of fresh air because mm. we came maybe from organizations, um, corporations, business structures that we didn't feel like we were showing up with our whole selves, that we were sharing our true voice. So when it came to our business, it's like, this is my why, this is my message. And then it became something that we heard was good for marketing. Okay, like this is good. I'm telling my story and people are going to really appreciate that. I don't know somewhere along the line people who are influencers, and I'm using air quotes, people can't see me, um, but online influencers decided it was on point. Um, It was a really important trend to follow. And as soon as it became that trend, then it started to lose, interestingly enough, um, authenticity began to lose its authenticity. Yeah, (laughs) I know. And it makes me want to cry because I feel like so many people who are longing to be more authentic, like to actually be real in their business, they're resisting the yuckiness of the new authentic, you know, authentic is the new black. And, you know, (laughs) they're, and because of that, they're not being authentic, right? Like it's like this, it's so backwards what we've, what we've created and what we've come to. And so I think we have to look at how do we take back the authentic word. (laughs) Yes, I like it. 
Let's reclaim authenticity. That's right. Yes. We're going to do it right now here in this yes. podcast. Yes. <laughs> well, like so many things, it's, it's something that starts off really genuine and then once it becomes more egoic and I mean, the ego can have some positive place in our <sighs> businesses being really clear, but there's this place where it started coming from an, an over, um, ha, oh, not over functioning. We've talked about that a lot, but it's like an overcompensation maybe for like mm. the doubt or, um, like I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm supposed to be here, I don't know if I'm really am an entrepreneur. Maybe there was some sort of fear or doubt and then this kind of, so I need to be authentic. I need to tell my story. But then it really wasn't coming from a grounded place of being like, I feel comfortable and safe to share my voice. It became kind of a superficial layer of, well, I'm just going to throw yes. this out there and see if people like it. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. And that, that to me is the crux of it is that we're talking about most people are doing it on a surface level. They haven't done the deep work in themselves. They haven't really become authentic. They're using authenticity as a marketing place or as, you know, some way to get promotion, some way to get sales instead of actually being authentic as a way to get sales. There's a huge, 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 huge difference between those two things. And I think the world has like grabbed on to another marketing ploy and they're like, okay, this is, it's all surface, right? It's like branding. Like I, I use this a lot of times in, in terms of branding. Branding and what branding was originally meant to be has been completely lost. You know, I was, you know, in branding two decades ago when it was like deep and real and like really understanding what your customer needs are, what they want, how you can support them and help them. And like, it was so in depth and now branding has been reduced to like a logo and some pretty colors. Like there's no longer the depth there. And that's where I think we've gotten with authenticity is that for most people, it's like, an idea. It's a concept. They have no actual feeling sense with it. They haven't really done the work internally, or if they have done the work, they, they, they then have a disconnect when they go to, to portray it, you know, in a promotion or in a, in their marketing or in their sales. And so that authenticness they actually have isn't coming out. And yes. And then something else that happens, I'm just thinking of it is that when people try, well, first of all, your issue, your point about branding is so accurate because of the change in technology. Like you used to have to hire a marketing firm, boutique company that would help you dive deep into who, who's your brand, what's your meaning. Um, now it's like, I'm just going to fill out these little questions, worksheet and throw up an online Instagram or, pen, you know, um, I love Instagram, so I'm not saying it, but it's just like so easy to not be real on there, um, just to yeah. kind of throw things up so you don't have to dive deep. And, you know, the thing is, is that being able to, um, uh, what I see happening also, so people using authenticity as a brand value when it's mm. not, doesn't feel quite authentic, doesn't feel real. Uh, so the, the, you, the client kind of feels like they're not good enough. So they hold authenticity in a superior way. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So like you see yep. brands being like, I am authentic. It's a brand value. And they have this very clear, I wish that 
everyone could see me. I'm acting right now. Like I'm like, <laughs> oh, Brad, I'm standing. You know, because you, it's this feeling, right, that comes yeah. out through that profile or that image. And then you kind of feel disconnected from that person because you're like, oh, mm. uh, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. Like somehow you have this corner on the authentic market, you know, like a superiority yeah. or one up kind of thing that people are doing to where you feel like, but I'm, so I need to, I need to take your class or do your thing or have your product in order to be authentic like you. I don't know. There's some yeah. sort of playing on that. Um, it's like an identity. Yeah, identity. And it, see, I see this a lot in spiritual circles as well. It's like there's a difference between someone who's actually spiritual and someone who has a spiritual identity, right? Because when someone has the identity, it's like they're playing it out, but inside they're still not really integrated. And this is where I think the disconnect is, is that the people who are truly authentic, like the ones who've really done the work, right? So they've, they've worked on the congruency of themselves. They've done the internal work out of the limelight. You cannot do the work in the limelight, like period. If, and, and you can feel this. I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but when I have a genuine moment of insider realization, if I instantly turn to my phone and try to take a selfie and write about it, I lose that authenticity. I lose that moment. And so I think, you know, the work is done out of the limelight. The work is done internally in our private affairs or maybe with an intimate person. That's where the real work is done. And then it might be that once we're integrated, once we actually have the authenticity, Authenticity, then we put it out there because that's our expression. It's not that we're selling authenticity. It's that we're selling ourselves, yeah. our, our integrated selves. Yes. I love like doing the work outside of the limelight. Your internal work is not something you're going to do in front of an audience. It's the right. work you're going to do. And even just like the dark night of the soul, we, we know that expression and who was ever doing that in the public. And that's people try to do it. <laughs> they try to do yeah. their, their dark night of the soul on stage. And yeah. it's not the same. And it's not because it's, it's not the same because you're not connected to it. If you're in a performance, yeah. if you yes. are uh, disconnecting enough to take a photo of it, this is why I find, yes. I, I love being able to snap, you know, certain pictures to help people see what's happening in my life. But sometimes when I'm on a really great um, retreat, vacation, even a conference, I just want to unplug and be with the experiences. Because as soon as I take myself out and it's like, well, this is yes. a great selfie. And, oh, I need a picture with these people. And I need this moment captured. All of a sudden, yep. you're no longer in that moment authentically and um, 100% genuinely the way you are yes. without all of the stuff. Yes. And I think, so two things I want to say around all of that. So one is I completely agree with what you just said, which is that, you know, the second you, you think about the selfie, you've disconnected from the moment. And so I know for me, I don't. Like if you go through my social media, you're rarely going to see any of my real life. And it's not because I am scared to show it. Like I'm happy, but I won't record it because it takes me out of the moment. And even if I forget to do it at events because I'm in the moment, I'm with people. I want to be with them. And so I don't even think so. Like my thousands of events I've done, I have rarely pictures or videos. So it's really like what I've learned for myself is if I want it recorded, I hire someone to do it. Someone who can be fully present in what they're doing and I can be fully present in what I'm doing. And that works for me. But I also think one of the things we have to look at is the people that I find who 
are sharing their integration as it's happening and who are, you know, do they're actually stopping themselves from having the full integration, right? It's almost like a, an ego ploy. Like it's one of those ways that then they can avoid the real work. And so, you know, lots of people might argue with me. You're welcome to please bring it on. I love discussions, but I have seen over and over again that it's another way for people to avoid owning their responsibility and what's happening for them, really feeling it, really going deep. Because the second that you put a selfie on it, the second that you, you know, turn it around and do it for someone else, you're stopping the process of your own integration. And I have been guilty of it as well, because although I don't take selfies, I do write a lot. And so I'll find that sometimes I'm journaling and I'm having a moment, I'm having realization. I'm like, oh my gosh, I should put this in my next blog or I should put this online. And the second I I turn around and start doing it as something I'm going to put out there, it changes the whole energy of it. It changes the integration level of it. So now I stop myself. I won't let myself do that anymore more because I take myself out of my own integration of it. You guys, there's no way around this. Like you really cannot have true integration and be portraying it publicly. It does not work. Yes. Because it starts using the left side of the brain more than the right side. Because the right side of the brain is the experience. And when you're in meditation, actually, one of the reasons why it feels so good is because it shifts you into the right brain. And the left brain is like busy doing all the thinking and the, in the writing. But that's why, you know, you do like left, you do opposite hand writing or you do stream of consciousness. All of that is to get more right brain flow. So as soon as you turn it into a blog article in the the middle of your integration, all of a sudden you've shifted from your state, your real like sensation, present state being brain into your brain that likes to plan. It's thinking about what you wrote before. It's thinking about what you're going to write tomorrow and who's going to think about it, who's going to read it. (laughs) And then all of a sudden that's not the same and it doesn't tap your unconscious the same. There's not that like flow or the downloads that people feel like it's coming from their wiser self or a higher self. You know, all of that happens when you're really present. And I think that we are really getting at why, because in that spirit for spiritual teachers right now, there's the same thing that we're seeing um, where there's kind of some criticism there that there's so many people that are just calling themselves spiritual teachers and they haven't done the inner work. And they're entrepreneurs that are calling themselves the experts. They really haven't done the work yet. And just because it's a branding, um, it's a branding point or it's on point or trendy, you have to think like, is it true for me right now? Because jumping on that bandwagon just because it's the thing to do, people are going to feel when it's not where you are, where all of a sudden you jumped ahead or joined a group that, you know, you haven't done any of the prep work <laughs> to, to be yeah. there yet. Yeah. And I, and I, I think we've just lost the value of the integration component. Right. And it's, I kind of think of this, it, it really is reflecting back to me. So one of the things I've talked about in a lot of episodes and one of my own sort of very personal journeys is around, um, I think integrating myself more into what I'm calling the mature divine feminine. And, you know, I've talked about Judith Dirk books a lot in these, in these podcasts. They're sort of like my little Bibles for the feminine thing I'm exploring at the moment. 
But she talks a lot about the world is crying for the mature divine feminine because so much of the feminine is shallow at the moment. You know, in the mature divine feminine, what I take that in and in my own exploration is it's really the integrated feminine, right? It's the, it's the, it's the mature feminine that has discovered itself, that has owned itself, that has become itself. You know, it isn't an idea or a concept of what we need to be. It is we have become it. And that's what I think is happening with, in terms of this authenticness is that people, it's all a concept. It's all an idea. And then the idea is portrayed in a shallow way, like, you know, crying vulnerably on Facebook live to me is not authentic. Like to me, that is actually the opposite. And so, you know, I'm totally turned off by that. And I know that some, for some people that works and that, you know, and that's okay. I appreciate it. But for me, to me, that's again, like oversharing and not really having the integration before you put it out there. And, you know, this is where I think our responsibility is as well, like to be authentic, to be real. I think if we are in a vulnerable state where we haven't yet integrated ourselves on a topic, I don't think that is the domain of the public. I think that is the domain of our therapist. That's the domain of our friends. That's the domain of our own internal journey. It's not the domain of everyone until I'm integrated, until I'm, you know, it doesn't mean I'm still not vulnerable in sharing a story that is embarrassing or a story that is challenging, but because I've done the integration, that makes it fit for the public. And I think Brene Brown does a really good job of talking some about that as well in yeah. some of her books. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, I think we've referenced, you know, her, somebody asking her about that, or she talks about that in her book, where it's just in her mind important that you do that work to to process something before you go and share it publicly. Um, so you're still going to be vulnerable, but you might, you need to know that you understand yourself and what's going on for you here before you bring it into that public domain, because then it changes the way you relate to it. Um, and yeah, and I think that we are hungry for authenticity. I think as a society, we are hungry for vulnerability and truth and integrity. And so sometimes just like any different, different times in my life, I think when you really wanted something to happen and you just, you go before you're really there, you, um, mm. trying to think of an example, right. But you get so excited and you just want it so badly that you do it before you've really inhabited that space or before you can really embody it, but your mind wants it. So you try to, you start acting as if it's already true. Yes. And, and I am not a fan of fake it till you make it. I do not I like that, that expression either. I do not. Yeah. And I know some <laughs> people are like a really a fan of sort of the Amy Cuddy thing as well. Like, you know, the TEDx talk and the power moves and I get that. That's cool. Like, you know, but there's still a layer of fake it till you make it there. And I'm just not a fan of that concept at all. I think integrate and then be it, you know, like, like the work can still be done. You're not sitting there, not doing anything, but you're working on the integration so that you actually become it. And it's funny because I had someone last night say something like, uh, how it was really that I do it really, uh, I am able to sort of portray, um, I guess myself like more authentically and vulnerably 
you know, in an easy way. And I was thinking it's not an easy way. I've just done a lot of work, right? I've done so much work on myself, you know, since I was a young child, even, you know, I think I read my first self-development book at nine, you know, I've just done so much work on myself that I'm more integrated. And then I'm able to just be myself without worrying about what people think about me, about worrying about how my image comes across. And not that I don't ever have doubts about myself or self-consciousness because I'm human, but, you know, I think I, worry less about that. And instead I'm presenting what I believe I'm presenting my truth. I'm presenting my values. I'm presenting. So I'm just more integrated presenting myself. And I think that, you know, what we have to realize is it's about the work. It's not about the promotion. It's not about the marketing. It's about the work. And the more work you do internally and the more work you, you know, the more ready you are internally in your business because you have the right structures in your skills, like in how to sell and all of that, you know, all the things I teach in my program, the more ready you are, the more authentic you are naturally. You don't have to try to be authentic. You just are authentic. Yes, yes. And that's like the... just like the aging of a teacher, you know, it's like you Mm. don't just go from student to teacher just because you want so badly to be that mentor or teacher. Like I couldn't have been the mentor I am today 10 years ago because I didn't have the experience. I couldn't have just been that because I wanted it to be, you know? And now it's like, oh, I'm actually here. I am the one that's able to talk to the young woman in her 20s and and help guide her. Um, And that's just a rite of passage that, and I think that there's like, that is something in our society we're so focused on, do it quick, do it, um, you know, our old like entrepreneurs under 30 or, you know, it's like, why are we focused on how quick it can be done or how young you're going to be to do it? Really the gift is in maturity, in the mature divine feminine or the, the aging spiritual teacher or the business leader. It's like, because the yes. more that we learn, the more that we integrate, then we can show up. And that's, I think, why you feel it from certain people that have been in the in the work for years. You can hear them talk about it. And you're just like, I don't, I, I don't even question their authenticity. It's like, really feel it. Why is that? Yeah. Well, because they've done that work. And even just our conversations that we're having on this podcast that we started having in the last year, we started these conversations over 10 years ago. You and I have been yeah. having them and they've changed and they've, you know, ebbed and flowed into different different conclusions because of the experiences yeah. that we've had now versus maybe how we thought about it when we both met in our early 30s, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that, yeah, remembering that things take time and although we're hungry for authenticity, we're also needing to learn patience and that it takes time and that's the beauty of the teacher that teaches year after year and then becomes the elder and then becomes the one who dispenses wisdom like and that's something lost in our culture is the appreciation that comes with lived experience I think yeah well I I think about in terms of like you know in the olden days it was like you know apprenticeship 
like you would have an apprenticeship or you would have an internship or you would go through the process. And some industries still have that where you have quite a lot of, you know, like doctors and things, they have quite a lot of different things they have to do before they can become something, right? They have practice and, and work. But I think we've lost that and everybody just wants to be an expert right away. They just want to be like, oh, I, I had one experience. I'm an expert, you know, like, and there's just, we just lost the, the, I think the appreciation of like, do the apprenticeship. Like do the work, like learn from somebody who's already been there, like really give yourself the space to have the experience and to move through it. So, you know, I think we have to talk about the line because there's a lot of people who've had a lot of experience and they're not valuing their experience. You know, that's some of the women I work with. So we're not talking about that, but we're talking about, you know, people I think that haven't had any experience. And they instantly want to go out and start a business on something that they might have like a month experience in, you know, and you think that's, you're not an expert, like go and learn from people, go and, you know, have, have small experiences, but everybody wants big things they want, you know, and I think this is, this is the challenge. And with authenticity, it's a, it's a journey. And I think, you know, it's so hard because I find for myself, helping women become more authentic is actually what I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah. but it's like, it's hard to say now because it's been so tainted. Yes. And I'm like, you know, but it is really mm-hmm. what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. it is really the work that I've been doing for a long, long, yes. long time. I can actually testify to that, everyone. Sonny used <laughs> to this word back before it was popular. And that's what you talked about. I mean, one of some of the first conversations that we had about our own experience as women and mothers and having our career was like you wanting to have an authentic path and that you wanting to help other women not have to compromise themselves, Yes, you know, and that's why you are, you and I are both feeling a little bit heartbroken about the direction it's taken and that it's kind of has this shadow dark side of being twisted a little bit because it's such a beautiful thing that more and more women are using business as a way of self-actualizing and finding their voice and showing up finally like playing big and showing up yes you know so it's got this beautiful root to it we want to see yes. That. And so in some ways I would say, don't worry about it. Like, you know, don't worry about all the marketing. Don't worry about the, like find the people who feel authentic, right? And find your own authentic voice. Don't let someone tell you what that is. Find it for yourself because that's the way it has to be. I mean, my clients come in wanting me to sort of help them, you know, position themselves and, you know, help them with aspects of their business. But the real journey is them finding themselves, right? Because, you know, I can't find them for them. That's not how it works. You know, it is the integration that they create through the program. And sometimes what they they find is that the business they came into the program to create is absolutely misaligned with who they are. And they go off and do something completely different. And that's their result. That's what they got out. They found themselves, you know, and I think we have to look at it in terms of it's really just about your own journey and it's really about discovering who you really are. So f- whether you like the word authentic, don't like the word authentic, it doesn't really matter. What we're looking for is for you to be congruent with yourself, for you to know who you are, for you to stand for who you are, for you to stop compromising for the world, for other people, for your marketing, for your promotion, just stop compromising yourself mm-hmm. altogether. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's such a (laughs) stop compromising, being congruent and yeah, like be you and your truth will shine through. I think that's the really important thing is that when you're speaking your truth and you're coming from that place, um, people feel it. 
and we've we've talked about this before that it's hard to explain but it's an energy and people can see it and they can feel it coming from your words or coming from the way that um you're communicating through your marketing they can tell the ones that are like oh wait i really this this resonates with me or this feels like they're trying too hard or they're trying to follow a authentic script i think that's yeah and that trying i think is the key word if you're trying you're not there Right. Like really everyone, like if you're trying to be authentic, it means something about what you're doing isn't authentic. You don't need to try. You just need to be. And I think this is the problem with marketing. And and granted, like I, you know, years ago I was back in branding. Like, you know, I get it. The market, the marketing craft. And there is some solid, you know, structure and some skills that you can build in the promotion and marketing side of things. But the truth is you're so much better just being you, just being real, whatever that looks like. So much better these days, not trying to be you or trying to be authentic, but actually just being whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you. And one of the things I think that's really important to talk about, because I think it's missed a lot, is that start with things that are easy for you to do and be like, you know, I think everyone's trying to do everything that everyone's telling them to do, you know? So as an example, I was speaking about this last night is that I don't do Facebook lives. They're just not my thing. I don't do Instagram, not my thing. I love the prettiness of Instagram, but it's just goes against my values on some level because it's all pretty. It's all about image, you know? And so that, you know, in and of itself, it doesn't work for me. So that's okay. I don't have to be on Instagram. I don't have to do Facebook lives. So I picked things to promote myself and to do my marketing that work for me, like this podcast, right? I love getting on a podcast. It's effortless to do it. So then I decided this is my medium, right? This is what I can do. Some people are great at writing. Some people love to take pictures of other things or their clients or whatever it is. Whatever is sort of your lowest hanging fruit, whatever you most feel authentic doing, that's the way to promote yourself. And so stop listening to sort of tactics and strategies that you're constantly fighting with because you know they don't feel real for you. Yeah, in that comparison. So just stop comparing Mm. and looking at what other people are doing and do what it is that you do. And one of the really popular practices that when people are trying to tell their story is to connect to their why. One piece of advice I'm going to say about that that they forget to add is that if you're going to get in touch with your why and you're going to write it, make sure you're not writing it for an audience. Don't start editing, writing your why in like – marketing speak, right? Yeah. It's like, oh my, yeah. why? And like, you're thinking about, you're already seeing it like on your website. Yeah. Oh gosh. Write it as if it's the deepest, like quite a secret in your own journal that you're going to lock and put yes. away. Like write it from your heart, yeah. your own why. And you may yeah. not let anyone ever see that or read, you may keep that, but that is yes. the why that you need to write first. And then you yes. can figure out where to go from there. But I think that we rarely get to write that why because we've already flipped into selfie mode, as you were talking about, like already looking at observer. How are people going to see me? How are people going to read this? What are they going to think about my why? Is my why sound selfish? Does it sound cool? Is it on point? Like, what's my why? You know, that's not it. Go into writing it. It's like when I tell my clients, you know, write the letter to that person that you never planned to send and say everything that you need to say without editing yourself. That's the why that you need to also be writing for your business. That's the marketing that you need to be doing, really. Like, I mean, 
I feel like I have to unwind everybody's ideas of marketing, right? Because it's like, you have to take, you have to strip them back. You know, so some people come and I can tell them like, what are you, who are you writing to? Like, what is this marketing <laughs> speech? What about? audience is I'm in like, your head? Yeah. Like, and you think about it in terms of like, I hate elevator speeches personally. Like I don't believe in them. You should not memorize an introduction of what you do because yeah. it just sounds inauthentic. Yeah. Right. So it's sounds like you, you memorized it. <laughs> Yeah. You, after you've done it three times and you've memorized it, it's it. They will never, ever sound authentic again. Yeah. So, you know, what I try to get my clients in the practice of is just saying something new each time, like just, you know, really feeling what it is they want to say, what they do and just practicing like, you know, shifting it and changing it and like feeling in the moment where what it feels like, yeah. because I think that that becomes more authentic to, you know, and so sometimes I'm like, well, what would you say to your best friend? Like if they were like, hey, what are you doing now? You'd say something plain. You wouldn't give them marketing speak. Mm -hmm. So why would you give a client or a prospect marketing speak? Like, why wouldn't you tell them like you tell your best friend? I mean, this is what people want. It's real. And and this is what's, what I struggle with in, you know, sort of the authentic market, especially. So the wellness practitioners, the coaches, the people who are, you know, selling authenticness yeah. is that, you know, they're there. It's like you never really understand what they do. But what do you do? <laughs> oh, well. I teach women to love themselves. And I'm like, that's awesome. But what do you, what, what do, you do? Like, there's like, you know, or I teach authentic, empowering. You know, it's like they use all these yes. words. And you're like, I empower what women through authentic <laughs> reconnection to the greater <laughs> divine, divine feminine. I'm like... Yeah. Like, you know, the defined feminine stuff that I talk about, that's all personal. Like, I don't share any of that on my marketing. Like, that's all my personal why. That's all my personal integration. Like, no one would understand what the hell I'm talking about if I put that in my marketing. They'd be like, this girl's a little whack. Like, what's she talking about? So I think, you know, that's the piece is there's a difference between what I understand because I have so much context around it and what someone in the real world connecting with me is going to understand because they have none of that context. Yeah. Well, you know what? This was not as ranty as it could have been. I think it's made some valid <laughs> points. <laughs> Hopefully the listeners think so too. But yeah, I think it's a good conversation. Anytime mm -hmm. we see something sort of going, um, be, you know, just popular within our work environments, it's, it's important to look at like, hmm, what do we think about that? And how yeah. can we go kind of at that angle from a place of understanding, is that true for me? Is this something that works for me? And if yep. so, how do I make it um, more in alignment? Like you're saying, how, do, how am I more incongruent, um, yes. more congruent with myself? And I think that, um, yeah, this is all, again, a part of the learning process that your business is your teacher. Your business does help you become more and more clear. It, it, it will encourage you to ask these questions and your clients will be encouraging you to ask these questions, right? Like pushes yeah. us to our edge. And I think personally that that's when I know I'm on the right path when it's challenging me a little bit to think deeper. Yeah, I love that. It's so much about thinking deeper. And I think, you know, what I really hope everyone just takes away from this is, you know, it's about being authentic, not trying to be authentic. And so don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Just worry about what you're doing and how authentic you are and how it's coming across. And, you know, in, I think most people feel like what they're putting out doesn't feel like them. They feel like it's something they 
been told to do. They feel icky about it. And the ickiness is not marketing in and of itself. And it's not promotion in and of itself. And it's not sales in and of itself. It literally is that we're doing things that are misaligned with our nature. And when we know who we are and we're doing it with good intention, then it's totally from a powerful place. And then promotion, marketing, and sales is is authentic. Exactly. (laughs) We'll wrap it up with that irony. (laughs) But yeah, look, I think this has been a great conversation. We'd love to continue it with you in our Facebook group. So if you haven't joined our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena, it's a great place. We, we do like a podcast discussion every Wednesday. And so when we have this one out, you know, it'd be awesome for you to, to come and play with us. So thank you. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.